Yo, yo, this is Treasy. And I'm Young Leezy. And we are the On Ear Network. We know you've heard our tag at the end of this show, but it dawned on us that we've never really introduced ourselves. So we wanted to invite you to listen to all of our podcasts. Right now, our roster consists of And Then We Had Sex, a comedy couple that talks about their sex life with an occasional celebrity. The Locker Room, where men take off their filters and say how they really feel. And Grams of Snow, for your underworld and organized crime stories. And of course, Kind of Movie Critics which is our show, where we deep dive into movies and TV. So if you enjoy this show, check out some of One Ear's other podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now let's start the show. Please be advised, the Kind of Movie Critics podcast may contain spoilers. This includes most of the movies you're going to want to see. This shit also contains profanity, so there's that. Enjoy. Yo, this is Treasy. It's Martin the Mailman. And I'm Young Lazy. We're the kind of movie critics. Um, your favorite cinephile group. I'm just going to leave it at that. How are y'all? <laughs> okay. Are we your favorite? <laughs> well, I mean, maybe. I mean, we're somebody's favorite, I'm sure. Yeah. Somebody's yeah. favorite. We caught a little bit of heat for our Rothaniel episode. A little bit of pushback from the peoples. No, nah, I was the most respectful pushback ever. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was really good. Shout out to the respectful pushback. And we, the listeners, man, all the new ones, all the old ones. And yeah, we appreciate the engagement. Yeah, the engagement is 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 good. We always ask for it, so can't complain when we get it. And none of us are above reproach. So like even though it's not fun to be wrong and it's not fun to be called out, we can always learn. So thank you guys for that. Yeah, yeah, true. I don't think I, I don't think we were wrong. I don't think necessarily <laughs> yeah, I, think I was so wrong, but, but it's it's good. And it, then you have to poo all over it. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, because you know, it's not a you know, it ain't about that. Is but but I heard I heard him though, and I, I mm. you know I heard him. Bottom line, point blank. Um, but we're here to but, talk about keeping huh? it a buck. Like if if in next Gerard Carmichael's next special, he talks about his family. You gotta kind of like you gotta turn it off, right? Turn it off? I don't know. No, I'm don't not turning it off. I'm, I'm here for whatever he is doing. I want yeah, to know. He's good, <laughs> I, want, man. I want inside of that artistic mind of his. Like, I'm good for it. Because it's different from like comedians talking about their like wives and kids as they like grow throughout life. This is like one point over and over and over again. Well, uh, well, you know what? Arguably, that's what people were saying about Dave Chappelle too. Oh yeah, you know? trans jokes for sure. Yeah, and I didn't. And turn to be off them fair, specials. I'm at the point where I'm like. Move on. I don't want to hear about yeah. your interactions with the queer community. Go yeah. away, sir. Yeah, I'll <laughs> say that. I say I, I say I'm probably quicker to not turn on a Dave Chappelle special. Yeah, that's where I stand with that. That's but that's where I'm at too. I'm like, hey, can we can we just move on? Like, we get it. You have issues with that community, and at this point, like, it's it. I'm I'm over you talking about it. Like, yeah, yeah. But just, to me, Gerard is. Whatever he's doing, I'm here for the ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I just I just want to see what he's doing because from the perspective of like the artistry and like, I mean, it's entirely possible that we're wrong and I'm reading into something that wasn't there. I don't think that I am reading into something wrong. I don't think that I am at all. Same based here. on things yeah. that he continues to say. Right. But um, like I, I want. I just. I just. I'm here for the ride. What you gonna do next, my guy? Yeah. How about you, Martin? You turning it off? I'm a me. I'm a side eye, and I'm I'm probably gonna sigh if if he got another joke about. I mean, he probably could have a million jokes about his dad, and I wouldn't care. But right. the, the stuff about his mom, I'd probably be like, "Come on, man!" Yeah. I just know too many black women like her that 
I don't want to see them being like bullied. exploited in that way. Yeah, I don't want to see them being bullied, even if they're completely wrong. I mean, which she is. So, yeah, if if this is if he's legitimately dealing with that, then she, you know, she absolutely is wrong. But you know, anyway, we ain't here to talk about Nathaniel. We yeah. did that episode eighty four. We here on episode eighty five to talk about another comic, Ben Stiller. Uh Ben Stiller's Severance. Well, I don't think it's fair to say Ben Stiller's Severance because no. I don't think I don't he think it's fair it. to call created. him a comic. <laughs> but, uh, well, I feel yeah. like Comedic he identifies. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, shit. He, I mean, the four people that the main four people in MDR, they, 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 they're known for having comedic timing. You know what I mean? For being in comedy, sure. talk about Adam. So I, I think he he seems to identify with comedian. You know, you what think I mean? Totoro's a comedian? I think Totoro has amazing comedic timing. I, I like. I don't put him in a comedian box, but when he no, does, no, he's comedian, just a really does, good actor. He does it very well. When yeah, he, when he does it, yeah. But he has the <clears> range. <throat> he can do everything. Mad yeah. range, yeah. And, and everybody in here, I think, does, man. And you know, even Ben Stiller, when you talk about, you know, just him as a director, coming from Cable Guy, Tropic Thunder. What's another one that he did? Did he do The Secret Life of Walter Mitty? I don't know if he I did th- it or he acted in it i know he acted in it i think he did do secret life with walter mitty and i know he did escape from dana moore which i never saw but now i want to see because i think that that sounds like probably like the most dramatic thing that he's done but um this this is a great evolution like right now from everything that i've seen from ben stiller he's batting a thousand in terms of like his presentation his directorial efforts you know he did the um uh, they're silly as fuck but i like them the um well, the male model, Zoolander. The Zoolander. Yeah, I love, yeah Zoolander. Zoolander. I love Zoolander. That's yeah. one of my favorite movies. He did Reality movies. Bites. I didn't realize that. I guess I just, I was in high school and not paying attention. Yeah. I was 13. I wasn't even in high school. Right. So. Yeah. Ben Stiller's one of those guys, man. He's one of those ones that like, uh, when you really pull back the fabric of what he's been part of and what he's bought, you know, to entertainment. It's a, that trunk is full. <laughs> you know oh, yeah. I mean? He's, he's a big part of my childhood because when I was. When I was smaller and I was a little fat kid, Heavyweights was like one of my favorite movies. Yeah? Yeah, that was like a Judd Apatow. That was one of Judd Apatow's first movies, too. Mm, and it's I, I so funny. Saw. It had like Keenan in it. Um, a bunch of fat kids, basically. Mm. <laughs> About a fat camp, but it's super funny. So that was your jam, huh? Yeah, and Ben Stiller was so funny in it, too. Yeah. It's very rare that he's not. What's the... um? He had me weak. He had, he had the smallest role, but it... It was the funniest role in Waterboy. Was it Waterboy? Is that which which one's the one where he put his mama up in the um? No, that wasn't Waterboy. Oh, was that? Are you talking about Happy Happy Gilmore? Gilmore. <laughs> yeah, what the other part when he yeah. was the caretaker? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, yeah. That Apparently, shit was he funny. revived that character in another movie. Did he? I don't. Yeah, I yeah, forgot I, which movie he played him again in, but I, I told totally you it was on one of those yeah. YouTube lists. Right. But that's okay. funny you brought it up because I literally like learned that last week. What that that was uh no that that character some... was like repeated in like a movie that wasn't a sequel. Ah, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, man. So now Ben Stiller, he is he's he's brought a lot to the game. Um, and I, I you know I think he carried on tradition with Severance, man. Uh, when I saw that he was in, when I saw that he was behind it, I was excited, but I didn't know what we were gonna get. Did you guys even know that Ben Stiller was into this before you started watching it? I did not. I didn't oh. realize that it was a Ben Stiller project until I saw the credits on the first episode. Mm. I knew because I'd, I'd heard about it uh, before. 
Um, I watched it from different people. I mean, from you guys too. But I I knew about, I knew how good it was, mm-hmm. and so I mean, I watched the pilot already knowing like who was involved, basically. Got it. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, where do we start, man? I mean, to severance, you know, for anybody, I mean, which I don't know why you're listening to this if you hadn't watched. The spoiler alert's on the beginning. Well, Um, I have a question for you guys. Like, personally, I think this, the pilot in the final episode is probably, like, one of the best I've ever seen executed. But are you guys, do you guys feel full? Like, are you satisfied by, like, this season? Great question. Yes and no. I feel like, um... Ditto. I I feel like there was some payoff for some things that we were heavily invested in, and then I feel like I <laughs> I just feel like the hole that they left us with the 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 hole of suspense that they left us with is wide and deep. You pause. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um. So that's how I kind <laughs> of feel. That was not pausey. You are so weird. Uh, wide and deep. Oh yeah, it's that's not, not a pausey. Yeah, you're right. Golly. I don't pause. Pause culture is weird because you just don't even think it's just certain words that trigger it, you know. But um, yeah, no. What's your assessment on it, Lizzie? That's how I feel about it. No, I feel exactly the same way. Um, there's so much intrigue there for me that I'm my curiosity is not satiated necessarily um, completely. Right. But I continue to like invest more and more in this universe. And I want to know what's going to happen next. Um, I do need some more questions answered mm-hmm. than than have been answered, but I'm sufficiently like content with the amount of information that I have. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't feel like I'm not mad at it. Like there's, you know, how you can get an ending and you're just like the fuck. Like yeah. I don't feel like that at all. Even okay. though I was pissed, I'm, I said like I was like I'm pissed. But <laughs> right, right, right. I wasn't. I wasn't I, like that. Was kind of like, oh man, cliffhanger. Well, I wasn't like big mad or anything. Right. Well, and I feel like as crazy as it sounds, if they never introduce a season two, and this is just how season one ended, or the story ended completely, I kind of even wouldn't even be mad. I think the questions only exist because I know a season two is coming. But like, if if those questions didn't exist, I mean, I mean, if season two didn't exist. My questions would just be, they would be the same questions, but I wouldn't need an answer to them. I don't know if that makes any sense. Oh, I would. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I, okay, I think the big, the big question, right, is what does Lumen do? That, that seems to be the big question. Is that the big question for you guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I mean, I Lumen? think there's multiple levels of answering, like, what that is, basically. Let's do it, Martin. I want to hear what you got. Okay, so on the top level, they're a pharmaceutical and tech company, basically. That's how they build the technology for severance. Okay. On another level, I think they're kind of trying to enslave, like, the American workforce. Um, and on another level, I think Lizzie said, like, they're basically a cult, like a mm-hmm. like a um, family, family cult. And they're trying to, well, I guess it all depends on what do you think the MDR and O&D are doing mm-hmm. but I would assume like revolving is about like preserving your life past your death or something like that mm-hmm. so I mean if they're called maybe searching for some type of immortality 
but I'm, that's why I say it's like there's different it's levels different. to what Lumen is doing, basically. Right now, that's that's a, that's a good point you bring because I, you know, me me and my wife and I were watching this together, and we would kind of like brief after every episode, debrief or whatever, and um, at the end of the season finale, I found myself saying like, okay, are they like, is there, it's, there's, is there Egan Industries? Is that like the main monster? And then Lumen is just like a division or, uh, you know, is like one of the branch companies, one of the acquisitions of subsidiaries, subsidiaries. There you go. Of Lumen or excuse me, of Egan Industries. Right. Like I started looking like, Lumen Lumen was just a subsidiary, but there's an overarching thing. And I think that goes into what you're talking about, about the Egan family, mm. where it's like, it's Egan Industries, Egan Holdings or whatever, Egan Family Holdings. And Lumen is just one of the companies that they own. Because what I found myself saying on the season finale is, oh, their influence is way bigger than just inside of this building. Like their reach, yeah. like their mission statement. Like- like, to me, when you talk about the levels, and this is where I thought you were going to go, Martin, when, when you talk about the levels, I think there's a lot more people that have that chip implanted in them than just the people that we were introduced with innies and outies. I think there's different somewhat clearance levels for everybody. Well, right? keep in mind, too, that like Lumen is not the only company producing this kind of technology. Oh, where'd you get evidence of that? Uh, the, the Lexington the Papers. Well, the yeah. Lexington papers and then the show itself. Oh, I never saw. Um, from the what's that guy? Is he like the governor or whatever? He's a state senator. He's a state, He's a state senator. senator. Yeah, like they're trying to make it legal, not just for Lumen. Like when that first blurb comes up about him, it's clear that they're not the only ones who do severance. Oh, I didn't see. I, I, they're I didn't not the only that. company using severance. I don't necessarily know if they are the only people producing severance. Okay. All right. So that's a different thing. Okay. So, but yeah, the Lexington because- letter makes it seem as though they have competitors, not necessarily for this technology, but Lumen has competitors. Damn it. That's what I didn't look up. And you, you put that in our group chat to look at the Lexington letters and I didn't. So my apologies on that. Tracy um, didn't do his homework, y'all. Yeah. yeah. Shame on me. <laughs> um, okay. 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 So severance is the technology and Lumen is a manufacturer of this technology. They created I, I think they it, also right. created it, yeah. So they got the patent to it. Yeah, I would assume, yeah. Okay. And it and because of what Heliar's father, I forget the Egan he is. Her daddy. Yeah. I don't remember. He said that their their mission is to put every severance chip in every person, correct? Yeah. He was mm-hmm. like, the, the world will have it. Okay. Okay. So um what theories did you guys concoct before we got to the season premiere? Like just all of the random theories that you guys had about what was going on with the show. Like I, I thought the show would be funnier. Okay. Um, just because who of who's on. I mean, it's not not funny, but it's not a comedy. It's it's definitely like a super dark humor. If there is any humor, mm-hmm. it's dark. Like to, to you know when Milchick said, "Oh yeah," and. The uh, the music dance experience is officially canceled. Oh, that yeah. was, I don't know why that was hilarious to me. <laughs> that it was, was it was hilarious when he was dancing behind uh, Dylan. <laughs> Dylan just sitting in his chair. <laughs> He's doing some wild. He was antagonizing the hell out yeah. of him, man. 
Yeah. Oh. Milk, milkshake might be one of my favorite characters. Um, he was yeah. full groove at that party. Like, yeah. man, he had a yeah he he had a lot of range. The guy who or the milkshake man. Like, I went through so many emotions with him, man, because it was clearly we were supposed to not like him at some point. But then I started realizing, like, wait a minute, I don't think he's actually doing anything bad. Like. Um, he just I works mean, there too. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I was like. He just works there. He's it's not like he's the proprietor of whatever the fuck is happening. He's like a guardsman. Um, I, but I think that's like indicative of management in any company that's doing something sinister. Like they're just everyone's just there doing their job. Yeah, and I think that's like very much. If 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 a job is your livelihood, and and even if they're doing something wrong, you can look to see past it because this is how you're providing for yourself. Right. So the common goal of the company, it's very easy to like adopt it, even when you don't agree with all of it. If it is your means of survival. Right. That's a good point. That's a good I, point. I think he believes in the um the process too, like um the way he talks to uh Helly when she first comes in telling her like he's glad she's here and that she's brave, she's brave and for doing it. Yeah. he he appreciates what she's doing i think he's probably in, in some ways just as much a believer as cobell in the, uh, in the technology so right. you mean like as he's as he's having her come in to have the procedure right did yeah. you have any paradigm shifts like i mean and i don't want to get too ahead of ourselves here but did you have any paradigm shifts about that like because that put after the reveal because that puts it into context for you why he's talking to her like that yeah, I mean, I what well, other than the obvious context, which is that like he's she's his superior, like yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, she's I mean, yeah, she's a major stakeholder in the company, you know, um, right. So, so is she is she really brave, or is he just kissing her ass because of who she is? Um, I think for her to go through with severance, there's a sense of there there's there has to be a sense of bravery in there. I mean, it seems to be fairly new technology. You know, so for her to subject herself to it says a lot. I don't think so. Like Bert and Irvin have been severed for a while. <laughs> yeah, okay, uh, that's fair to say. So Maybe it's not—it's not, new, it's not new. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, then yeah. I mean, it probably—it probably was more of an ass kiss than anything. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. I—I I don't know. Um, can I tell you guys a wild ass theory that I had going into? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> not, not, go, not going into it, but maybe by, by the time that they introduced Christopher Walken, the, the Burt character, right? So I kept fixating on the name O and D. You know what I'm saying? Because, it, because all right, it's, it's still, it stands for optics and design, mm-hmm. but they never really use it in the long form. They use it like once or twice in the long form, and then they just con- kept calling it O and D. So I, I kept, know where this is going. Go so ahead. I kept saying to myself <laughs> two things. I said, one, O and D must be a person, O and D, right? Or I was like, because optics and design, I was like, oh, is O and D somewhat of like an anagram for God, right? Yes, because like, you were like with with the ligature of the ampersand being, being like the a G, so, a being G. Like, like a cursive G, but but and more so because optics and design. If you talk about the hierarchy on like a human level. Right, like the way things look and the way things are designed, they're literally architecting the world. So, I but started maybe thinking, not from the perspective of a god. If you think about it as a reproduction, what what this is of the allegory of the cave, right? O and D is controlling what you see, 
Exactly. So it's so it's kind of. But my that's God. never. That's ne- no. That's never God. It's still man doing it. Um. Yes, but uh, okay. We're ta- we're. Uh, I guess we're. They're I'm controlling from- what you see, but they're not. They're not God. Like this. Are you trying to make it like a larger metaphor outside yes. of like the yes. obvious capitalistic I'm- metaphor yeah. and, and corporate greed metaphor that's there? <laughs> yes, to some degree. Like okay. so, two things. One, I'm definitely talking about a theory that I had to let go of. I, I was being vulnerable <laughs> okay. here, easy. So I don't want to be judged by a theory that I don't necessarily hold on to anymore. But okay, got that, you. That's number one. And two is yes, I, because where I where I was really going with my theories. Because they were all hinged upon what it is that Lumen does. So I went through the gamut of everything of like, you know, they're dealing in, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, resource, uh, <laughs> like, uh, you know, sucking resources out of other countries and possibly out of other galaxies. You know, I Jesus, went into that. Sir. I went into that space <laughs> for Lumen. And, and um, yeah, I was all over the place. But O&D to me, it really stuck out. And And then I started having theories about like because when we got introduced to OND it was through a white man and a black woman and then macro data refinement was a white woman and a black man so i was like is there some is there something going on here with like are, are you know i don't know i didn't know what was happening like i didn't know what was happening i, I was like an adam and eve origin story going on here i went through a lot of places before we got yeah. to where we got to like i had to deconstruct Everything that I thought, but I think what's good about the way I watched the show because I basically watched the um pilot and then waited till like the last uh the the last episode and then watched like the rest of it in like a day and a half. Okay, I didn't really have time to like come up with these like crazy theories <laughs> at all. So <laughs> I, I was kind of just watching this show and enjoying it. I never got to no place where like God was like involved or. Anything. <laughs> Okay, my bad, my bad. See, you see, you was trying to put the leash on me, and here come, here come all the shade from Martin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you came through the door first. I just, I, I let all the bullets go. You in put you. your foot in the door, and then he kicked it up. <laughs> yeah. So nobody else had crazy theories. Got it. Okay. All right. Well, does anybody want to share any theories that they thought that they had that? Did, Maybe weren't crazy. Just did got anybody? Uh, did any of us predict like the um, Helena Egan twist? Absolutely not. Yeah, I didn't. Did you lose? I it? didn't predict it. I mean, right before the last episode, I did start watching like recaps, which I try not to do for things that I think we're gonna talk about beyond mm-hmm. like Marvel things where I don't know the comic books. Right. Yeah. But um, I did see that people were predicting that she was um, an Egan, and I was just kind of like, hmm. And um, when I saw her in the earrings, I figured like she probably was um, because they were having that gala for the board or whatever. Right. Um, She was very invested, obviously, because of the way she was reacting to um, her any like threatening her, cutting off her fingers and (laughs) the way she was just talking to her like, I'm a person you're not. I don't think a normal person thinks of themselves in severance that way. So I knew she had to be like really invested, Mm. um, which is where I think a lot of people came up with that theory, like at that point where she, where she just had no empathy for herself from nine to five. (laughs) Right. Interesting. 
that sent a message to me that she really understood what was happening to these people when they're severed. Um, and she was, she didn't care. Yeah. I picked up on her not caring, but I couldn't, I couldn't unravel why she was so cold to herself in that no, way. No, same, but yeah. I mean, other people are the fucking more intuitive Reddit, than us, I guess. Reddit detectives. I feel like what happens is somebody gets a hold of the script or there's somebody that worked on the show and then they go on Reddit and double is like this fucking extra, <laughs> extra smart person and infects the whole Reddit community with it. I don't know. That's just my theory. But obviously I have wild ass theories <laughs> that I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm learning on this episode. Um, why, why do you think she couldn't be nicer to her any just because it didn't seem like this seemed more like when um, what's the youngest warrior's name? I forgot his name. The youngest who? Or, um, Roman. 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 Remember yeah. when Roman in season, I think two or whatever, he had to go into that management class for a few weeks. Right. That's what I feel like. Well, yeah, Zach Cherry was in that. He was in that, yeah. Too. But um, that's what I feel like this was gonna be. I I felt like she was only gonna do like a semester or like a period like stint in as a any and outie in Severance, and then she would be out because obviously she's an Egan, so it's not like she's gonna. Start at a ground level of a company and work her way up. Well, I, she, I, she doesn't need the money, obviously. Yeah, yeah. so she could have just told her any, like, yo, you're only going to do like a few months and then you're good. Like, chill out. But how do you, how do you tell yourself that, I guess, in a, I, because you don't want, you can't give too much information, right? Because then your any, your any will spoil everything for everybody else on the inside, the right. operation. You're, so it's probably like a delicate balance. Um, I did. I I did wonder why she was so harsh with herself, but like I said, I I, I couldn't put it together, um, and didn't really think much of. You know, I just found myself wondering who she was on the outside. Like, yeah, you know. That yeah, she, that like if if I try to kill myself, I'm not going back. <laughs> I'm not going right, back to the like, company. Like right. that was me too. I, if I try to kill myself, I'm like, okay, something's wrong here. Yeah. Something's happening here that I. I'm not okay with like a part of my consciousness is not okay with right to the point that they want to die. Like this is not somewhere that I need to be. And I think that's like a normal self-preservation instinct that the rest of us like would like would kick on. Mm-hmm. And because it didn't for her, it was just kind of disorienting. It was disorienting for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a great word to use. Um, all right. So and this is just a, a, a genuine question. Their bodies, it was the same body, correct? It was just in yeah. different. Okay, I just want to be clear about that. Yeah. Their consciousness was spatially dictated. They, well, that's <laughs> that's some good brochure verbiage right there for sure. That's what um, they. That's that's what they definitely said. Like, yeah. yeah. So, I, but because because I found myself watching the you know the the title sequence on the show mm-hmm. and trying to like reverse engineer. It. Obviously, before the uh, before the reveal of what of what was happening on the outside, and just you know, just trying to look at the visual cues, and you saw Mark S laying next to himself, and then the bodies finally you know converged, and I was like, uh, you know, I, I I found myself saying at some point like, are there different bodies for these people? But 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 when they were able to snap in and out as their any and outy in the real world, that kind of disproved it. But I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't. That I didn't miss something. Mm. Um, let's talk about the characters, man, and and you know just kind of touch on those briefly because I feel like that'll open up some conversation here. Uh, we were introduced 
and sort of ushered in through this entire experience through Mark S., who was played by Adam Scott. Um, I, I really like what ended up being with his character, right? In terms of, you know, he had a wife who had passed away in a car accident. And then we come to find out that his wife was actually, what's her name? Miss Casey? Casey, yeah. Miss Casey. His yeah. wife's real name, his Audi's wife's name is Gemma. Right, was Gemma. And uh, and Miss Casey, who seems to be like the, how would you classify her job in, in inside of Luna? Wellness professional? I don't know. Yeah. Right. But yeah, she said some very interesting things, which we'll get into when we can talk about her character. But um, um, do you guys f- do you guys have a full grasp? Do you guys have any questions about Mark's Audi? The only thing, I mean, this is like a more of like a um Cobell question. Is like I never understood why would Cobell be so invested in him and his life outside of like Petey dying? Like right. once Petey died. I never really got why she was still like messing with him, messing with him and following him, unless she like really has like some sort of, some sort of affection towards him, or, or maybe even towards his any too. Right. That's a great question. Did you pick up on anything there, Lizzie? Um, I I had the same kind of questions because initially, like, I I don't know how long Mrs. Selvig. That that pseudonym she was using outside of work. Um, I don't know how long Miss Excelvig had lived next to Mark. Right. So I don't know if that was about Petey because when we joined, like Petey's gone, like his first day of what do they call it reintegration. Right. And she was already there. And she was yeah. already there. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good point. I'm. I think it has more to do with Miss Casey than Petey. Right. To see what he was remembering, like to observe him as a case study. I think like um, the conversation that Miss Cobell had with Milchick and he was, she was like, see, they don't, they don't know each other at all. Um, it means the technology works. I think like she's looking after Mark because she has something going on with Miss Casey that's like important to her. I think that's more of her project than, mm. than Petey. Yeah, Petey, because yeah, yeah, because Petey is an anomaly, right? That 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 came, right. that that was that was happening under their nose. That wasn't part of their whatever their department does. You know, that wasn't part of their mission. Right. So yeah, so yeah, yeah. But so, any other looming questions outside of that, Martin? I know you said you wanted to know, you know, why she was kind of hovering in and about his vicinity. Yeah, I mean. I don't know what he taught in college or whatever. He was a Maybe. history teacher. Oh, he was mm-hmm. a history teacher, yeah. Then I I think I don't know if I think we know most of what we need to know about Mark. Like his wife died, so he went in here went into uh, severance because of his grief. Right. And he's kinda like the everyman hero of the story. So Right. Okay. Right. There's not gonna be that many reveals, I think, about him. Okay. Maybe about Gemma we might find some stuff out, but not not about him. Right. I definitely yeah. want to talk about Gemma. I don't think there's any sharp turns okay. with, yeah. with Mark. I think what you see is what you get there. Um, I don't know. It's it's weird to me that he would immediately like be drawn to Petey <laughs> um, mm. and not be like, because that guy could be telling him anything. Right. Why he would trust anything he had to say. 
just for all intents and purposes, like I feel like his Audi was recognizing Petey um, more than like he's even recognizing his own wife. Because why, if a, if you work in that environment, you know there's a bunch of protesters who are against what you do. And then this person comes and tells you all these things about um, working together with you. And he shows you a picture. I guess that was the thing. Yeah. That might, maybe he. That probably helped. I guess. But what, how, how did he get the picture out? Like. Well, obviously something, he had help, right? Like. Yeah. You know, the, she was, she also had the key card, right? Like the key card that the security guy was, oh no, she got that out of his pants after she killed him, that lady. Well, a picture isn't a symbol though, right? It's just. No, it's just a picture. Random pixels. Yeah. So it's probably not that hard to get out. But, but the thing with, um, which is how Dylan got that card out. Right. <laughs> later yeah without being detected good point i tell you what i uh, what, what i did notice about mark that maybe this goes into what you're saying to some degree lazy is that he had some really good instincts in terms of like um like when he threw the phone away then he went back for the phone or like as soon as pd died he went and cleaned up that room like i found myself saying that like he 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 kind of like he almost seems like conspiracy aware, right? He like, knows what's at stake, even yeah. though he doesn't necessarily want to accept that his choice might not have been the best one. Yeah, but but I, I guess what I'm saying is a little bit different from that. Like he he was conscious in that department of like, I don't want to leave my fingerprints, you know, the proverbial fingerprints on situations. Like he he his instincts to to really like not leave any tracks. It was almost like Jason Bourne, like you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, like oh, you mean like his self preservation instincts? Yeah, his self preservation instincts. He he was really on top of that in a way that like it stuck out to me, right? Like oh, he knew exactly what to do in this particular situation. Uh, you know how so to I, handle. I this would particular think situation. that that's fear. And yeah, but how does he know to be scared other than like? Because he 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 doesn't believe his own bullshit. Like all that stuff he's saying when he's on the date, when he's in the protesters' face. Yeah, he doesn't believe that. He knows that it's dangerous. He knows that there's that there's consequences that he may not be prepared to deal with for entertaining P. Like if he didn't think it was a big deal, like he just would have gone on with his business. And like you said, he's doing a whole lot to make sure that it's kept under the radar. Yeah, and and now you know, because I didn't think about it. Him being a history teacher, I wonder if that goes into it. You know, like. Just understanding, especially when you start to understand American history, you know, a, a lot of things, uh, you know, we, we find out <laughs> we constantly new discoveries with American history, you know, sure. about, uh, you know, you know, all types of shit, things like the Vietnam War, you know, that kind of stuff. So, okay. um, so, you know, I just wonder if that goes into the personality where it's like, there's a, there's just a, a logical way that he approaches authority right like like it's it's there he doesn't put you know we we see miss casey she's like you know she's got the whole kier kier display and she's like you know praying Ms. to Cobell, the Eden god miss selvig excuse me yeah miss casey i'm sorry that was the wrong person uh patricia arquette's character yeah, yeah. She, you know we see her like she's just she's a she's a she's into the cult like she you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. She's bought in completely, whereas, like, he doesn't seem like someone that is of that, right? Like, 
he can see no. things from a very omniscient perspective, you know, probably sees the good and the bad and everything, right? Um, and and maybe cynical for all, you know, for all character purposes. Um, so um, in those videos, I probably shouldn't have watched <laughs> with the theories. One that came up was about um, Harmony Cobell and the pictures of that woman who was sick. And thinking about the revolving, she may be super duper invested in severance because as Martin said, it may be a way to like keep someone's consciousness spatially dictated so that they're alive while they're at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that might be a way to keep someone who's sick from dying completely. Mm. Um, and that we're trying to figure out exactly what's going on with Ms. Casey. Um, I'm not so sure that like she's necessarily like she died, right? But like people are saying she's a clone. I'm not sure. I think she may have been like brain dead and they did that or or in a coma or something like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. I well I found myself the okay, so instantly I found my the first question I asked is did she even die? I don't and, think so. And, and so, and then, because I I didn't come to a full answer on that. That did she actually die, or did they repurpose her brain? Right. right. I and, think it's more of that. And and or repurpose her body. Right. And and reimplant new brain because her set of rules are completely different. Uh, so I don't know if y'all caught. And her conversation, that conversation that she was having with Marquez inside of the office, right? Mm-hmm. Where she said that the time that she spent in, in MDR was the longest she had been awake. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So she had, she, she had been experiencing life, I guess, in about like two hour spurts up mm-hmm. until that point. So she's bound by a different set of rules. Like she, there is no out. She is doesn't no go home. Any. Exactly. Right. She goes from that office to... The testing facility, or where, wherever this thing the is, testing floor. It's, yeah, the which testing is lower floor. in the building. Right. So, um, so that immediately was like, okay, so either they're repurposing her body or they're repurposing her brain. Uh, but either way, you know that 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 went into the organ donor <laughs> sort of like a column sure. for me, right? Like, um, which I need to revisit my driver's license after seeing Severance and maybe take an organ donor out of my situation. Um, because this, this, this is obviously not happening with her consent, with her, you know, written consent. Um, that we know of. Yeah. Postmortem consent. Um, and we don't know what she did for a living when she was alive. We don't know anything about Gemma other than she died in a car accident. Yeah, that's true. Um, what do you think, Martin? Is it the brain or the body that's being repurposed? Um... I think that that is Gemma, like as Miss Casey. I don't think it's another person's consciousness inside of Casey that that is uh, speaking. Because the way she's nice to Mark, even though she doesn't know who he is, mm-hmm. um, and it's just the way she like uh, curved um, curved Dylan earlier too. That was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. But uh, I th- I think it's like if you read the Lexington papers, you get an understanding that Lumen is has an end in media whether that be newspapers or tv and stuff and they have it in as far as like the legal system and police as well mm-hmm. i don't think it's too far to think that they have it in with like hospitals 
So I think Gemma met the certain requirements as far as like her medical maybe being brain dead that they could they could um enroll her into this experiment where she's completely brain dead except for when she's working. Ah, okay. So so if y'all can kind of like break down the Lexington. Whoa, 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 pause, 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 pause. Okay. That part is how you make people that you don't have to pay. Exactly. Yeah. To me, which is the ultimate goal of this entire organization, is to how to make people work horses and slaves. Um, and you know, because that's what she is. She's she has no use for a paycheck. She's only awake yeah. at work. Yeah, exactly. So, and yeah, that's what I found myself saying. This is the ultimate goal of Egan Industries. I don't know if it's the ultimate goal of Lumen, but it's the ultimate goal of Egan Industries is to make everybody, um, an employee of Egan Industries, uh, an unpaid employee, right, to increase that fucking profit margin, um. Uh, what a commentary on capitalism and corporate structure. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it's the yeah. ultimate. And we and we've been seeing, I mean, things like sorry to bother you. I mean, they've mm-hmm. been throwing it at us in very, very different ways, in very good ways too. Uh, imaginative mm-hmm. ways. And this is just this is a branch off that tree for sure. Um It kind of reminds me of I I think this has happened in South Africa, but it was one of the one of the like colonization stories. Where like some, I think it, I think it was an African country. I think it was South Africa. But this Dutch like businessman and king kind of went down there, and they found out that people were kind of a lot of people wanted to buy into like this capitalist system, but a lot of other people kind of just were used to farming and living off the land. Right. And they made it illegal for Africans to like farm and live off the land just so they could participate in this capitalist system. Yeah. And hmm. make money and pay and whatnot. Well, that, that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. You know, that's, that's the realization that I'm coming to just in real life that like, uh, agriculture is the only real wealth and Mm. everything else is an extension Mm. of that. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, (laughs) it depends on how big of a farm you have. Um, I would encourage you to listen to some podcasts about how people fund their crops, like, and how they're, they're kept indebted. Yeah. Sure. I I don't what I I don't mean the trade of being a farmer. I mean the I, agriculture as period. a skill set. Yeah. No. Agri- just not even as a skill set. The like the things that actually come out of the ground is the real wealth, right? Like you know, food, fiber, fuel. Uh, you know, everybody has to eat. Clothing and you know and fuel. All of these things come out of the ground. They're they're made from things that come out of the ground. I mean, well, humans have existed outside of capitalism way longer than we've existed inside of it. So, again, this is... The control of resources is what you're talking about. Absolutely. That's all I'm saying is that that's the place that I'm coming to in my life where it's like everything else is just a representation. It's like the long way to get back to that. You know, everything else is a representation. Thus is why we call money, cheese, bread, things like, you know what I'm saying? Like these non-fungible representations of agriculture but anyway that's i mean a whole... realistically to your point if you have that as a skill set and you have access to um food and you can also create like your own fibers you don't need animal products to stay alive like if you can farm your own food off the grid like you don't really yeah. need to participate you, you don't really need much yeah. <laughs> i mean how the amish seem like that they survive you know you know in, in that particular way so um 
so yeah, no, that's good commentary. So real quick, can you guys kind of like give me the cliff cliff's notes on this uh, Lexington letter? Um, did you read the whole thing or did you kind of watch a video on it? I watched a video of someone reading it. Yeah, I watched a video of somebody <laughs> that's reading it. That's some lazy it. shit. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did too. <laughs> so I could listen to it. Yeah, while I was making pancakes, that's exactly what I did. That's funny. <laughs> so real quick, explain what the Lexington letter is. Just start off with that and then what was oh. in it. Um, it's basically, yeah, I don't know the, I think the woman's name is Peggy or something like that, Peggy. Mm -hmm. but uh, she was basically a truck. She was a school bus driver. She gets into an accident and she wants to quit her job. And she hears on the radio that, uh, Lumen is hiring people for, as an MDR, Mm -hmm. but she has to go through severance basically. And so she, she hates her job so much. She decides to go through severance. And the letter is basically her contacting a reporter about, the abuses that go on within severance within uh lumen and the way she finds this out is basically when she was a child she created like you know how you you make up like little languages or like shorthands and stuff like like pig latin stuff like right, that okay but, but she made up a little language when she was a child that she used with her friends that is kind of basically undetectable and that's how any and her basically got to communicate she would just write letters to herself and she would get those past the um past the code the, detectors yeah the code detectors because it wasn't any recognizable language whoa Be, yeah because the the language was made up of symbols that are not like a recognizable character set character right. set for for written communication right so that's so, how it undetected yeah mm-hmm. oh that's so it was do- little pictures like yeah so how did you guys find out about this Lexington? Did they mention this in an episode and I just didn't know about it? Well, Lisa put it in a group chat. That's how I find out about right. it. <laughs> but like, where did that come Apparently from? Apparently it was content that was released by Apple um, that oh. like when when I looked at the first, when I said like after episode eight, I watched a YouTube video and they mentioned it. So I wanted to see what it said. Got it. Oh, that's genius. So basically, it, this is like four dimensional content here. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like uh, Watchmen did that with what? What was it called? PDPD or something like that? Mm-hmm. Where they would that's give little right. articles or little stories about like the episodes, right? To help to enrich kind of the fill experience. In the universe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah, that's dope, man. More of that, please. I like that for Apple. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, all right. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So this lady. G- gave a little bit more con. So now that that helps me understand. All right, I'm sorry. But her I'm a- the, the important thing is her any started to remember her. Oh, I didn't know. Okay. So I think the reason that her any remembered the language is because like they don't interfere with certain facets of your development, right. and so you didn't stop learning how to read when you went to to lumen right? right you didn't you didn't stop learning um how to speak in your native tongue so if you have a language that's accessible to you in your brain they're not cutting off that part of your brain they just didn't count on she had made one up herself yes because if oh. she had written a letter in latin they would have caught it they like caught you know what i mean yeah. that's dope that's dope as shit actually she ends up getting fired <laughs> yeah and killed oh and killed okay yeah. so how did she die did they say they don't say how she dies. She just kind of dies like a month after she writes this article, uh, writes this letter to this um, journalist or whatever. Mm-hmm. Basically, the editor of the paper for that journalist, his name, his last name is Milchik. So he's like a um, relative of Milchik. Or, or the editor knows someone named Milchik. 
Whoa, I don't that's remember. deep. Uh, yeah, no, deep. I think the editor is Milchek. It's, it's not this Milchek. It's another Milchek. It's another relative of Milchek, yeah. Whoa. Okay. All right. So that brings me to something that you said off mic, Martin. Um, I, I'd ask the question, do we know what Irving's Audi was doing? Heliar, we know her situation. She's, she's an Egan, blah, blah, blah. She's about the... She gets on stage, she makes, you know, she basically blows the whole shit up on stage and then the switch comes on. What is Irving? Or who is Irving? What is his Audi? I um I think he's either a journalist or an investigative reporter. Okay. Or they they or he has like a mission basically to find someone. That's what I think it is. Because he keeps corporate painting, espionage, maybe. Yeah. It could be that. Because he keeps painting the um the testing room, the yeah. elevator to the testing well, room, the uh, the corridor walking to the elevator. Yeah, the right. Room, yeah. So I think he probably has someone down there that he cares about. Um, I don't know if his his father or not. I think his father's probably dead because that picture was super old. Right. So he's probably definitely an ex military dude or whatever. But um, yeah, he keeps painting that. So there's something or someone down there that he's trying to get access to. That's that's his whole like plan. Man, your, your memories become. Like your your long term memory gets solidified when you're sleeping, so I think him drinking coffee and trying to stay awake to force Irvin to go to sleep at work is so that he will create memories that are deeper into his consciousness, like long term. So you have to Whoa. think that any's the any's are not they're not sleeping, which right. means that like anything that they would have experienced doesn't get committed to their long term memory anyway. Right. That happens while you're asleep. Yeah. So I think him sleeping Fuck. at work is part of the plan so that he can remember when he's on the outside. Oh, y'all are smart as shit. That yeah, never occurred it's to literally me. like it's against the rules to sleep at work. It right. isn't just like yeah. a regular like corporate rule or something. It's like this that's that's there for a reason because right. they don't want them to remember to things. Remember shit. Yeah. Oh man, that was that's good. And when so, and when he's sleeping, he's also remembering things from the outside, which is why the goo comes because all he knows on the outside is that is that oil paint. Right. That's what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got it, got it. Okay, so that makes that's more literally sense. what he's doing before he comes to work. Right, that makes a lot of sense because I found myself. I thought, you know, when he pulled open those papers, and first of all, did y'all did y'all realize that the name of the town that niggas lived in was Kier? Right. Eventually. <laughs> okay, so this shit is like this shit's bigger than Nino Brown. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's way bigger than this fucking building. That's that's yeah. the observation that I was making is that like this looming shit is is a real problem in a, in a real way. Um, but I found myself saying was like, is he a recruiter to some degree? You know, like, yeah, I, that's, that's totally blown out the way now that, now that Martin has, you know, you guys bringing this Lexington letter and, and you guys saying what you're saying and Martin saying what he's saying, uh, that, that can't, you know, that's not the case, but that's what I was thinking up until that point that he was some sort of fucking recruiter because then I then I started like, what are they doing in MDR? Like with these isolation of these these numbers, that's kind of like sharding and ah, yeah, part man. part of um the Lexington letter also had to do with that. She kind of described what they do in the same context that we understand it that um the numbers, the the code part strings of code like make them feel things and then they categorize them. Um, so. Her Annie talks about like finishing the file and like what happens and what time she finished it. 
And then like she sees a headline that um, one of their competitors like trucks was it like did it like blow up or something? Um, Martin. Yeah. yeah at the, the same exact up. time that she finished her file, and she doesn't know if it's coincidence, but it scared her um, because you know they were passing messages back and forth. Right. Is Peggy the person that leaves in the beginning that they were like, no one's ever left before. And then they say like a woman's name. Was it, was that Peggy? I can't remember. I'd have to go back and watch it. Mm, I don't know. No I one's ever know. said that on YouTube. So I'm, it's probably not. But I was just like, hmm. Wow. So that Lexus and Letter, that's a big piece of the puzzle uh, in understanding this entire universe here. Because, uh, yeah, because Lumen. All right. So. All right, Irvin sounds like he is an investigative journalist. So he subjected himself to severance in order to, I guess, get a closer <laughs> wavy TV 10 look at uh, what's happening inside of severance. So that, that's what you guys are saying? or I guess um, he might not be a journalist because how many journalists are working on a story for like that amount of time and being subjected to torture that entire time? Like, I don't know that many that would do that. I mean, there's people that go into war zones. But they're they're not there for like seven years. Usually. That's a good point. That's a good point. Maybe he doesn't know how to detract, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know. What what, what say you, Lizzie? He could. I think he could be into corporate espionage. It could be a whole lot going on. Um, mm. he had a lot of information that any would not right. be able to have access to. Um, I've seen theories too that the reason that he paints the corridor leading to the elevator to the testing floor is because he's been down there. Some people think that they can reset your any. Um, he was the first one in um, MDF. Mm. So like, what was he doing before that? He could have totally had like another severed consciousness that had a completely different job. And now he has this one. Mm. That's deep as fuck. I'm, I'm curious if, I mean, I assumed that at least Bert or Irvin was, and I like that they're Bert and Irvin, like right. Bert and Ernie. Bert and, Ernie. Um, right. and it's funny because they're apparently really good friends in real life. Right. But uh, Christopher Walken and um, John Turturro. Um, I I'm curious. It, I was like, that's an interesting thought that they didn't really go into from the perspective that I was thinking about because they talked about a woman like being pregnant from work and being like, what the fuck, right? Uh, um, but they didn't. The idea that like maybe your any is gay and you aren't, like, like how does that work? And so apparently, like, Bert's Audi is also gay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, I, I, I don't, I don't want to say I got the vibe because I don't even know what the fuck that means. But um, I mean, he's they were obviously attracted to each other. Like, yeah. I don't think that that was anything that was supposed to like be subtle. Like, right? <laughs> Dylan says he's like you're sweet on this guy. Right. Um, it was kind of lame that they didn't kiss though. <laughs> okay. I, like, I don't know. In situ I felt like it was very innocent and I feel like I guess they were making Irvin such a stickler for the rules. And because they're so close in real life, like I just thought it was lame they didn't kiss. I was like, kiss. <laughs> I just took it America. as like they they kind of have the intelligence of like teenage awkward teenagers in a lot of ways. So they mm -hmm. are very like awkward around each other and don't really know. Like, Anything about sex feeling? or like, yeah. Right. That's a good point, too. That's a I good just, point, too. I just, I feel like 
depictions of gay love is like very over sexualized in ways that don't make a whole lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, in in the efforts to um, to use a stupid word, normalize queerness. <laughs> I'm all for like normalizing normalizing queerness. I don't like calling it normalizing because that makes it seem like it's not like it's normal. weird. Yeah, yeah, but um, I know I know what you're saying. Yeah, but. But like I think some of the ways that it's been approached like do a disservice to the queer community. So in this case, where like it makes all the sense in the world for them to kiss, to be physically affectionate, because sometimes I feel like they force that in there. Like absolutely. But I don't feel. I feel like here was a time when we should have seen it and we didn't. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just thought it was lame they didn't kiss. I was like, you guys uh, suck. <laughs> got it. All right, so. You guys are bringing up good points. He has a lot of information, so so maybe some corporate 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 espionage, like you said, um, potential journalism. But that's a long a long uh, stint for somebody who is just writing an article or right. an op ed piece. Um, maybe a book. I don't know. Um, what did you guys think about Dylan? He's the he's the Audi that we got the least amount about. One thing I want to say about Dylan that I love that they did in this show mm-hmm. is they they gave Zach Cherry like they made him like a three dimensional character and gave him yes. a lot to do. Whereas like I've seen other shows where he's been funny in like Succession, he's very right. funny in that. He's great in Crashing as like the manager, the manager. or the, yeah. <laughs> the manager dude. Yeah, he's even in I think Spider Man. Uh, like either this past Spider Man or the one before that or something like that. I think but he's he was also, in the last two. Yeah. He's always like a one note, like he's funny, but he's like a one note character. Mm-hmm. You gave, and here it seemed like he was going to be that because he's always like cracking jokes and being kind of like the office asshole. Right. And you actually, you gave him a family, you gave him extra stuff to do outside of just being like the funny guy in this show. Yeah. And, and he actually had like a really, a really great arc towards the end being the one who like, made it possible for all these people to all these idiots to get out and live their lives yeah so i thought what they did with that character and that actor i, I was super happy to see like what they did yeah a- i agree apparently he has a bunch of children so i think like his reasoning for be there, being there is like the most uh realistic reason someone would be there like you have to provide basically to provide and you know it pays good and he's there because he has a family to support whereas like these other people have other motives obviously um i don't think that grief is everyone's motive for being there like um and i don't think that everyone's motive for being there is like to separate um their their emotions from their work i don't think that that's the case i mean obviously that's not the case for heli we just learned that that's not the case for Irvin. that's really only what we're experiencing with mark right so i think like dylan's character is just he's just a dad like that has kids <laughs> so uh so let me tell you something that i found myself saying when, when we got the little piece of what we got i found myself saying that i think him and milchek have a more personal relationship than everybody else because on the outside. On the outside. Because he, yes. Because his Audi wasn't surprised to see him in the closet. So I I'm a, so I think Dylan and Milchek are a thing, are a couple. And I and you I do. felt like them yes, I felt like being in the closet was somewhat of a metaphor. That's right? funny. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that I don't think they're a couple. I think they are friends and I think that they are aware like that they work together. Because his kid didn't seem freaked out by like exactly. this man being here either. That's what I'm saying. I think the relationship is a lot deeper than just 
I, I, that's that's my conclusion. I think that they're an item um, because, like you said, the kid wasn't freaked out. He wasn't freaked out to see him in the closet. His any was obviously because why the fuck are you, am I seeing you on the outside? Um, I wonder if that's his brother. That's a possibility too. That's a possibility too. Uh, because did they ever say what Dylan's last name is? Maybe his last name is no. Mitchick. Yeah, it could be. That's a possibility. But their relationship is a lot deeper than just the severance. The than the. I mean, they. I mean, they don't look alike, which you know could be a misdirection. But they're both black. Like. <laughs> yeah, it would. It would make sense if, like, that. Like, if you bite bite a black dude on the arm, he's he's gonna break character and just like whip your ass. It seemed like Milchek would, but if they're like related in some way. He's, a, he's, he's got a level of care for yeah. him. Yeah, right. So, so he, yeah, yeah. he didn't react be too his, crazy. His brother, about his uncle, like I just, but think he they may be family. He wouldn't grab his nephew by the hair like that. That's what I'm, I think. They're an item, brother. I think they're an item. Milchick's like a bouncer, but he's like the corporate guy. Like he, he is so much of like he's there to keep everybody in line. But yeah, I think of him more as like a kindergarten teacher than anything else. Like when okay. you think yeah. about. How long these consciousness have existed, um, yeah. and I like what you said about the kindergarten teacher thing because it's like if you're a kindergarten teacher and your kids go home with like bruises, like you're getting fired, like yeah, off off rip. So like I like how Milchek is menacing in a lot of ways and he's antagonistic, but he knows there's a line where he really there's doesn't want to ever ever use violence or ever use force against any of these people, yeah, because their outings were like no. Right. And he, he would be in trouble for that. He'd so. be hell liable for sure. So yeah. I, I also like the idea because like, um, <laughs> shout out to DJ Precise. Like he used to be my boss <laughs> okay. and he used to always say like, I'm a manager here, but I'm a glorified babysitter. Like that's really what it is. And a lot of managers think of themselves that way, like in a corporate environment. Mm. And even the things that they do to incentivize you in a corporate environment, like what are you working towards? Like, Oh, if you do this, we'll have a pizza party. And you're like 30 years old. It's very strange. <laughs> so like all the little gifts they kept giving them and they're like, we're gonna have a melon party. Like a waffle, yeah. party. A waffle party. The waffle party was some weird shit. That was some yeah. weird shit. Yeah. But I mean, like the things that they do to in, in incentivize them are akin to like what you would do to incentivize a child, which is not like super far off from real life. Right. It was just very hyperbolic, but um but but again, but just back to this idea of like, there is the there is no procedure of severance that Milchek or uh, what's their other boss name Corbell Cabell that yeah. Corbell had to uh they they didn't have to expose themselves to that level of severance in order to be in the in within this situation. I don't think they're severed at all. Okay, but but to me. Cause all right, so I because I look at the severance as almost like a non-disclosure agreement, right? Like the things that we're doing inside of here do not carry outside of this building, right? Like I, that 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 was the function of the severance for the people that had innies and outies, not the same one for Miss Casey. Hers is a different. There's a different like use case for her for her severance procedure mm-hmm. or or whatever procedure that she had, but Milchik. And Corbell were not severed. So, like, there's no R in her name either. She is not cheap she's champagne. Not, oh, it's, her it's name Cobell. is Cobell. Right, man, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> fucking up your spirit, man. I apologize. Um, but but it does make me wonder. Like, are the 
where is their level of where is their level of disconnect? Because they're what they're seeing happen, like Lumen or Egan Industries can't be okay with people like that having this much knowledge about what's going on in the real world. So how are they being contained? They're part of the cult. Okay. So that's that's a that's a requiem to be within the the lines that they do right like they yeah but when i say they're part of the cult i mean that like very tongue-in-cheek because that's just corporate culture in general when there's something that's not necessarily ethical afoot like lots of people know about it and very few people blow the whistle on it because again that's how they eat yeah so like i don't think it's as hard as you think to keep a secret okay i just you know i just wanted to throw that out there because to me that's another uh to me if we go into season two what happens is we start learning that this world is way more expensive. To, to me, this is fucking Westworld. This is a chance to do Westworld all over again, right? That's what this is to me. And mm-hmm. how I see this happening is like the world get the the build the Lumen building gets bigger. So now it's it goes from being the Lumen building to being every everything in this zip code or everything in this, in this town. particular town, right? Mm-hmm. And then it goes from you know when they start to try to go to the journalist, you know when uh, Mark S's sister goes to the you know wants to go to a journalist, you start realizing that okay, the influence, the sphere of influence of Lumen is bigger than just this town too. It's, 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 it's on many layers that are working in tandem with each other is where I, where I predict that where this is going. Where you predicted it's going. Yeah. And then, and in, in, in that clearance level, you know, I don't know how much access or how much ability a Cobell or Milchek has, has outside of Kier. They're not, they're not. They're not important in real life. Like they are glorified babysitters. Right. Um, I think Martin said to me the other day, he liked the idea that like Miss Cobell's not really a manager. She just watches them all day. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't yeah. have anything to do besides that. Like she's never like typing reports or like That's true. Going to have a presentation. She's just literally reporting on what she did when she observed them. That's very um, true. as far as my predictions go, I I agree with you. I I'm hoping that we're going to continue to get reveals in like this way, but I hope that they come a little faster as we continue to go on. What I don't like is when we get like farther into a universe or um, into a story and they are keeping information close to their vest Uh in a way that just makes watching the show frustrating. So the, Uh the amount of information that we got here in the finale was good enough to make me want to come back, but I do not want to have this little information on the other side of season two. So my prediction is that, um, hmm, I, I think we're just going to find out more. Maybe I, I think there's something too, which you said about not necessarily like them being in a relationship, but the relationship between Dylan and Milchick. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I hadn't even thought about that. See you smart too. Um, <laughs> I think, I'm very interested in like what's going to happen when Burr opens the door. Be also being that he's in a relationship with a man, his Audi is like having somebody pound a random pounding on your door is like a precarious situation for you right. to be in. So right. So um, you know, if a chick is yelling for my man at the door, I'm like, what's going on yeah, yeah, yeah. here? We have some questions so, to be, uh, to be yeah. To yeah. So yeah. I I I think we're gonna get some more reveals. I'm very interested in like what happens right after this moment. Um, I do think that Mark yelling she's alive is not going to mean anything to anyone. Um, 
because they're going to think he's talking about the baby. Maybe, but he also has the picture picture. in his hand. Yeah, there's a picture of the four of them: um, brother, sister, Gemma, and um. No, what I'm saying is he's switching back to his Audi at this point, right? Because Milchik came in and tackled Dylan. So what Mm -hmm. he said before that is not going to mean anything to the rest of them necessarily. I mean, Devin might pick up on it, but I don't think she will. I mean, I, I feel like she has to coming off the conversation and, and that mixed with him holding the phone. You have to think about what was going on at the time. They were trying to find the baby. So they found the baby and he goes, she's alive. No, like, that, that doesn't. That, that makes sense. I don't know if, the, I don't know if it's going to, I mean, it may later on, obviously, like come to Devin and Rick and that that means Gemma, but I don't think it will immediately like. Click yeah. for them that that's what's going on. Not so much Rickon for me, because <laughs> Rickon. I liked Rickon this episode because he's hard to like. But every what about time they were reading? I'm sorry. Every time they were reading passages from his book, I like I couldn't stop. Like that's where all the comedy was in yeah. this fucking show. His fake it was in his book. book. <laughs> yeah, his fake deep book. But yeah, ask what you were going to ask Martin. I'm sorry. I was I was going to ask Martin like, what are your predictions? Um, yeah, it's. I haven't I haven't thought too much about it. Um, I would I would predict one thing I think is gonna happen eventually is I think the Innies and the Audis are gonna switch places. Like I think we're gonna see Helena in the uh in Lumen as like a worker being a slave, basically. Mm. Uh, that makes sense. I, I think that that makes like the most sense for her character as far as like Heli finding a way to like get out and turn the tie turn the uh tables on Helena. Um, outside of that, I, I guess what I love about the show is I don't know enough about it to know like what exactly is going to happen. So I'm very optimistic. I know the creator said he's had this all planned out from the beginning, so he knows exactly where it's going to go. It's not like a lost situation where they go (laughs) into the writer's room. They're making it up as they go. Right. That's, well, that's good. That's, that's refreshing to know. Yes. That's refreshing to know. I'll say this. Okay. We didn't really talk about the goats. What do we think the goats was about? I don't fucking know. You have yeah, a theory, no, apparently. I mean, maybe it's a sexual thing, because, I mean... What? It, it, well, it, doesn't he, like, have... I think Kier or something like that. There's, like, a painting of Kier whipping a goat and, like, three women or something like that. So that's what the mm. waffle party was, like, a yeah. reenactment of that painting. But I think that so, happened in real life. Like, he probably, like, smashed three women and a goat or something like that. You wow. are so a mess. Maybe he's trying to make satyrs. Like, who knows? Yeah. Well, so, I mean... and. and when you say I have a theory, and when I said I had a theory, it's not right. It's 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 very mud, right? Like it's, it's it's very it's, mud. It's very mud. <laughs> it's very mud. Um, so you know, I I thought I thought that was a commentary on cloning. I, I feel like they have something. It has something to do with cloning. Okay. I don't know if they're repurposing goats' brains into human bodies. You know, because we're or that's you, where like this the the child like. Essence of a, of yeah. a from a goat. Yeah, like yes. So, um, or if or if they're involved in the technology, maybe. Maybe they're involved with the technology. Um, I mean, obviously it's important. And and what the guy was screaming, he's like, they're not ready. Yet. Like basically, they're not ready yet. Like they're too young. Yeah. You know, so you know that's per- that's purposeful. So I, I definitely feel like I, I feel like it's something with their cognitive development. Mm. And be, because ultimately, what I think Egan Industries, because I have to be clear about this, because I don't think Lumen, I think Lumen, it feels like Lumen is just like um, a part of it. 
it's a part of it in a specific like so did you guys look at the lumen logo mm-hmm. whereas like the the o had like a almost like an oil droplet in it i think it's blood okay maybe blood i, I said oil from the beginning but blood oil but uh, the way that i was thinking of oil is probably this is the same way that like what blood really means right it's like the lifeblood of the organization this mm-hmm. is like you know they're responsible for manufacturing the people that work for free for Egan Industries. They're 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 in charge of manufacturing the workforce, hmm. right? That's that's how I that's what I think Lumen is. They manufacture the workforce of fucking working sheep. Okay, hmm. um, so because of that, that's that that's where I went to with the goats. It's like. If if we're creating people, like there's two parts. There's there's the cognitive portion of a person, and then there's the physical portion of the person. So are we repurposing dead bodies and putting goat brains in there? Or <laughs> I, I, I know I'm all over the place with it. I, I I pray that at least one of my predictions rings true in season two. But um th- that's just where I was going. And and again. Miss Casey slash Gemma to me is like the almost like the prototype for whatever they're doing. Like whatever they did with her, that's their formula. Yeah. Did they did they 3D print her? Like, is that what O&D is doing? Are they 3D printing things, people? Or is there another department that's doing that? Because the fiber of a person has to come from somewhere. And then, you know, if the if the goal is is cheap or free workforce you need bodies to handle that that's all i'm getting at so sure i mean i mean what i think they're doing down there um is basically like it's like an app right so when you get a free app it's it's not free because basically right. if you're getting a free app then you're the product you're the product yeah. yeah it's like they're they're selling your data they're monitoring you whatever and that's how they're making their money off of you and this this deal is like a deal that's too good to be true. Never having to go to work. Like you wake up, eat breakfast, go to work, and then the next second you're like leaving work basically. And that that's a deal that's too good to be true because it's it's like an app. It's like you're the product. Like they they're basically perfecting the technology themselves. I think that's what they're doing at MDR and OD. Yeah, I mean, makes sense. Makes sense. Um. We didn't talk about Ragabi, the lady who on the outside that is seems to be one of the scientists that is exposing. She only had like one episode, so, and she'll um, be back next season. Yeah, yeah, clearly. But like, is is she working on the side of good or evil? I think that that is depending on who you're rooting for. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I mean, she could totally end up trying to kill like Heli next season. And that that would make her evil. So right, would it? Because Helly's kind of evil. I mean, no, Helly's cool. Helena's evil. Oh, Helena, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, that shit gets it gets confusing. It gets confusing. Um. All right. Well, shit. I mean, I. I think that's pretty much it, right? Or did, um, did we? Would talk you about- would you guys ever um think about being severed? Well, no, I like my profession as a filmmaker. So I wouldn't for that reason. But if I had a corporate job that I wasn't passionate about, I could see myself. 
I don't well, know. What, I need, is I, there a time of day you would just skip, basically? Or no. like an experience you would just be like, nah, not Actually, childbirth. I, you were never like, can I just. No, I have very pleasant childbirth. Um, is there an experience I would skip? Like driving long distances. Yeah. Other than that, like, no. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I work from home. My life is pretty balanced. Um, I The idea of like missing the day every day and every day all I'm doing is eating dinner and going to sleep makes my life feel like it's a lot shorter and unfulfilling. Like all the daylight hours are experienced like while I'm outside of my consciousness. It's yeah. dark most of the time that I'm awake. Like, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah, good point. Very good point. Well, the, if Elon Musk has it his way with this uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, Neuralink. Well, he keeps killing all those chimpanzees, so I don't know. <laughs> I think that's a, like a long way away. Yeah, it it may not be as long as you think, man. That's the thing about this technology, man. It's one minute is crazy. It's fucking crazy. It's in Back to the Future, and then ten years later, it's fucking it's reality, man. So I don't know. We'll see. More is yet to be revealed. Um, oh yeah. Overall, man, it it was an amazing show. I'm glad I was catching it in real time, even though it was torture. I wish I'd have watched it like you, Martin. Honestly, oh, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> all at one setting. But but I. That I needed that week in between to, for all my crazy fucking illegitimate theories to, to boil. I actually wish I watched it like you, like once, because then I could really like marinate on the, uh, not marinate, but uh, think about the episodes one by one and kind of like rewatch them and go through and try to find all the Easter eggs. Yeah, it's funny. Point. One of you guys watched it like unsevered, and one of you watched it severed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Martin's, the, what, Martin's the severed version, yeah. and then, like, two of us are not severed. Yeah, that's very true. That's a good point. Bet, man. Well, uh, I think that's that on that. Uh, I don't know. What are we talking about next, guys? Mm. <laughs> Too early to say. I mean, we we could do a cue. I, I, I definitely want to talk about uh, everything, everything, everywhere, all at once. I think Ooh, I think a cue is something we could do in the next ten days or so. That would be dope. Yeah, that'd be dope. I do want to see that though. You put that on my my radar, Martin. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, man, go back in the archives, listen to kind of movie critics, man. We've got plenty of good episodes on some things that you might you may have just be getting around to watching. Uh, and you know we seem to have some pretty cool perspectives on it. So I hope you could tap in there. Um, please engage with us on the socials, man. We'd love to hear you guys' theories about, you know, what you feel like was happening in Severance and all those cool things, what you, you know, predictions for possible season two and all of that. Uh, You can hit us on our Twitter, I think at Kind of Movie Crits, C-R-I-T-S, and Instagram and Facebook is Kind of Movie Critics. Um, And yeah, man, make sure that you hit that subscribe button because more content is to come. Remember, we call ourselves kind of movie critics because we kind of are, we're kind of not. It's just a bunch of people who like to watch movies. This has been an On Ear Network production.